Bueller, 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 Bueller. Good morning! Up and at em. It's that time. What time is it? Kentucky Roll Call. I'm so excited! I'm so excited! With Walker and Roush. Welcome to Wild and Crazy Guys! Hello, everybody. Happy Monday to you, August 16th, 2021. You're listening to Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio, 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. Joining us today, Big Blue Drew. I'm TJ Walker. We got Douglas, the producer. Roush is out today. Justin is on vacation. We are really lucky to have Big Blue Drew. Excited to hear from him. Busy weekend. Drew, how are you? I know you're feeling a little under the weather. How are you feeling this morning? Yeah, I was. I, I caught what I guess is going around and everyone's catching. But, you know, TJ, when you let me know that the options were for, for me to either suck it up or, or the listeners not to have any roll call to consume on a Monday, um, I knew I had to step it up. So hopefully you haven't already flipped the station and uh, we'll provide a little humor for you the next couple hours heading into the week. No, I, I think uh, I think people are going to be locked in to the Big X Sports Radio. And all day, Big Blue Drew, because today is the first day of the Mike Rutherford show on Big X Sports Radio. Mike Rutherford, Trevor Kelsey, 3 o'clock this afternoon. I'll be tuned in. You should as well. It's going to be U of L Sports Talk. But one, we can have some laughs at their misery because it's just been one thing after another for the Cardinals. And I've, I've actually got to talk a little bit about U of L today in all seriousness. Uh, and two, get to hear the big. Yeah, which is always a good time. So so that'll be funny. That's coming to you later this afternoon. But we've got you for the next two hours. And Monday show, Big Blue Drew, you normally can always find enough to talk about. But I think it was going to be a little a little quiet until we got yesterday's – yesterday was kind of a whirlwind. I mean, not only do you get the decision, you get the, the quarterback decision – we didn't know that was coming. So you get like the press conference, yeah. hey, we're going to address the quarterback situation. And it kind of leaked like what was going to come next after that. But uh, kind of a whirlwind of a day with how quickly everything unfolded, how quickly it went, how quickly the news broke. And for as maybe as excited as folks should be, and we're going to get everybody's opinion, you can text on into the show, 502 414 I also think there's some cause for concern, which we'll talk about as well because not only do you get the quarterback news you get some roster uh, subtraction news with joey gatewood entering the transfer portal so big blue drew just give me a breakdown of your day yesterday in terms of uh, did, when you heard that there was going to be a press conference did you instantly think hey this is will levis and then two what'd you make of stoops comments we'll talk about those directly a little bit more and more importantly gatewood de- deciding to transfer just kind of give me a broad overlay of your reaction to yesterday well can we start here tj i, w- I want to ask you a question first because you you might be a little bit more in the know on me as far as how this would work so you kind of alluded to the fact that i seriously doubt mark stoops had on his sunday evening agenda to call this kind of a last minute press conference because of you know news that uh you know as he put it that he shared with the quarterback specifically the team in general about him making a move and naming a starter um so that obviously got out so my, I guess my question to you is, um, do you think he was upset about that news getting out and, and forcing him to talk about it yesterday as opposed to his plan 
which was probably today? I don't know. Uh, I, I've been trying to think that through. I, I wonder if, you know, people maybe would have noticed Joey Gatewood not practicing, not being there. So right. to get out in front of the news, don't make it look like I, I, I have no idea. Maybe just to get out in front of it all, because you're right. You could have just waited. You could have not called a special news conference for it, but maybe they saw enough from that scrimmage to know we don't need to like, we don't need to play. Coy, Roy, we, we can come out and just be completely transparent and say hey, he, he is far and away the best quarterback that we've got here. He is our starter as of right now, and we'll we'll figure out where things go from there. I don't know. What did you make of it? Well, that makes sense now that you say that about Gaywood. There could have been some uh, like underlying things that would have tipped off the media or tipped off fans as opposed to just um, a player necessarily leaking it. But just his initial opening comments when I watched yesterday – um, it was funny because he just kind of went through and was like, you know, I told this small group of guys and then he just kept using the word leak. He was like, but it leaked. So I had to come, you know, make sure to, to tell you guys today. And I thought he did a fabulous job at the press conference. Obviously, that's a that's a, a big one for a head football coach at an SEC program to name a starting quarterback. I think it's about as big a storyline as you're going to get in the offseason, particularly with a team like Kentucky, who's ranked, you know, dead last in, in passing of these last two seasons. And we got a quarterback, TJ. I think that's the biggest takeaway. It's not like we we threw darts at, at a wall and we picked one towards the end of kind of a training camp and practices heading into the season. Um, I think it was they knew, you know, they knew that it was the guy. And probably the biggest takeaway for me yesterday, TJ, was you could hear it in Mark Stoops voice. It almost changed a little bit when he talked about Will Levis letting his first pass go in Kroger Field and it being that 65 yard touchdown pass which we've seen in the video that they released. But to me, that was telling because you knew from the moment Will Levis' name came up as a potential option for Kentucky that the dude had an arm, he was strong, he was skilled, he had all the things that you looked for in a quarterback. I think the biggest question mark was when those lights were on in an SEC football game, You know, was he really going to be able to step up on, under that type of pressure and play? And uh, Mark Stoops, time after time, alluded to that yesterday. And I think as soon as that pass left his hands, TJ, the job was his. Yeah, and it, it, we've we've seen, we've talked to, Nick Roush and I have talked about this on Kentucky Roll Call over the last few weeks, is we've seen quarterback competitions at Kentucky more times than not, actually, just in general. But we've seen several of those quarterback competitions come down to the final week of the the fall camp heading into the season opener we've gone into the season opener not necessarily being a hundred percent sure but having a pretty good idea we, we've seen it all with the quarterbacks in the stoops era but this this is somewhat new where you felt like throughout the spring throughout the summer and it's worth remembering that will levis the penn state transfer who was named qb1 yesterday by mark stoops he didn't get the spring big blue drew he didn't get to to go out there and learn this new offense, Liam Cohen's offense. He, he wasn't able to get there till, till after the school session had come to a close. The fact that I, I'm a, I, there's two schools of thoughts, and honestly, maybe the more we talk about this, I'll hone in on one of these takes or one of these opinions. But on the one hand, you're right. Maybe they saw that that first rip. They've seen enough in other practices. And now he kind of put it together. He, he was better in those practices. And then now he put it together in the scrimmage. It kind of felt more live game, in-game ready. And it was just a no-brainer 
here that Will Levis is ready to take this offense to the next step. Mark Stoops talked about his leadership qualities and all that stuff's important. And they just knew, and there was no time to waste anything else. Or they know that Will Levis is better. He looked better. But it could be the other side of this coin, Big Blue Drew, is that Joey Gatewood and Bo Allen were just so far behind or just not nearly as good that Will Levis won it by default. And that's the one that worries you, mm-hmm. if that's the case. But they said all the right things. And you, you, you've you seen the highlights. You've seen – again, we haven't gotten to kind of watch it. There's the fan day. But, you you know, we, we haven't seen as much as Will Levis as – uh, we would like the coaches are the only people that can kind of speak to this stuff, but that's what worries you is if it's like, all right, Joey Gatewood and Bo Allen, Ooh, maybe someday, but not, not, not to lead this talented Kentucky team in a year that a lot of people are circling and hoping for big things. So either he went out there, he, he won it, he was dominant or he went out there. He was good, but it was more, if eh, we ain't going with these other guys, that's for sure. I don't know. That, that That's where you're at when you get a decision this early. I think if I think it leans towards the former Big Blue Drew that he was just – he went out there and was that much better, and you got to tip your cap to him because he went out there and he earned it. Then the former – because it was the former, you wouldn't have to do it in the first week of camp. You could wait. You, or I guess technically the second week. But eight days after camp started, you could theoretically wait if – if the other guys were so far behind. And if you do that, you keep Joey Gatewood around, which probably wouldn't necessarily have been totally fair to him. But that's why I think it's the former. I think Will Levis probably did a a real bang-up job. People were impressed by him, so they named him the starter. Yeah, Mark Stoops um, also talked a lot about, as far as the timing goes, was it kind of uh, being a courtesy to Joey Gatewood so he can kind of get out of town, not start school, not potentially be – I believe he kept using the word stuck. He didn't want him to be stuck here – um, for the entire year, kind of if his heart wasn't in it. And, you know, Josh Moore asked yesterday, too, and I don't blame him. Mark Stoops chose not to answer it directly. But what was it that just never stuck for Joey Gaywood? Why could he never? It never even seemed like, you know, he really was in contention. Um, or, you know, the coaches really thought that he was going to be able to get the keys to this offense at any point, whether it be last year or this year. So I'd like to know kind of what didn't work for him, because another big takeaway for me, TJ, was that, uh, you know, maybe he's just saying this because he knows Joey Gate was leaving. That could that could very well be the case. But he really was uh, landing the point too that that he wasn't ready to say that Joey Gatewood was even number two. He said he wasn't willing to do that, that if anything, it would have been Bo and Joey on that um, kind of sharing that backup line. Um, so I don't know. I wish he would have answered Josh's question a little bit because I, I, you know, is it an X's and O's thing? Was it a physical thing? Like what never stuck for Joey Gatewood? Because we sure all had high hopes for him, you know, when he was in the transfer portal and ultimately Kentucky got him to come, but it just never worked out. And if I had to guess TJ, he's probably been on the phone for the last several weeks and it is not going to be very long before we find out uh, where he's going and, you know, he's leaving. Yeah. We're happy to have big blue Drew with us today Douglas the producer in the studio and we appreciate you tuned in to Kentucky Roll Call this morning that, that's what we're going to talk a lot about today yesterday Will Levis named the starting quarterback and in that same announcement Joey Gatewood transferring which is something that if you've been listening to KRC you've heard us talk about or at least theorize that there's a chance that Joey Gatewood leaves and and I even kind of alluded to maybe you don't name the starter because you want to make sure that he sticks around, which isn't necessarily totally fair to the kid. But uh, this is how it kind of shakes out. He, he got beat out at Auburn. 
Transfers to Kentucky, got beat out at Kentucky despite having a leg up in the quote-unquote experience category, although it is a brand-new offensive coordinator. But even then, he was there for the spring. So he still had a leg up. And by the scuttlebutt, Big Blue Drew, if you believe it or not, this also could be a, a you know sour grapes kind of take, but supposedly Bo Allen was outplaying him despite the coach is not really naming who the second string was going to be and saying that it'd be, you know, between the both of them and they both have a chance to, to become second string. Supposedly Bo Allen has just made more throws than Joey Gay would uh, in practice. So, so maybe not only did Joey get beat out by Will Levis, he obviously did, but maybe he also had been beaten out by Bo Allen. I do, I do feel for Joey a little bit. It's, it's like, uh, he's always seemed like a, a good kid seemed, didn't seem like he was a problem. Stepped up when Kentucky needed him to last year, despite some obvious limitations throughout the entire offense. And you can't help but think, Big Blue Drew, how just everything could be different if Joey Gatewood does better in that game against Georgia where he's the starter right from the get-go. The only issue is Georgia had one of the best defenses in college football last year. Kentucky loses that game 14-3, to and... Joey Gatewood, we don't really see him do much of anything else the rest of his Kentucky career. Uh, it kind of bad luck for Joey Gatewood, where like, hey, you're one time to shine, go go get him, kid. Hey, it's Georgia. Ooh, that's a tough that's a that's a tough straw to pull out of the pack. But on the other flip side, you go out there and you know you we Kentucky just needed 17 points to win that game. Obviously, it could have been different. Georgia, I think, knew once they got to double digits that sadly for the Kentucky offense that day, it was going to be more than enough, but it's not like Joey Gatewood didn't have his chances, big blue Drew. So while I kind of hate it, that maybe it didn't work out for him. That's reality. And he did, he, he got his fair share, share of uh, snaps and throws and certainly reps in the spring where he was the number one guy ahead of Bo Allen without Will Levis there. And he just couldn't do it enough. And I saw some people yesterday on Twitter saying the realistic take with, with a guy like Joey Gatewood is, he's probably not an SEC quarterback. He needs to right. go to a different conference, maybe move down a level. And now the big issue for him is how is he even going to be eligible to get to play somewhere? Yeah. I, you know, I completely agree with all that. This season you could see, you know, a path to Joey Gatewood being on the bench, right? We have this pro style offensive coordinator come in. Maybe he's just not going to fit this mold, but last year, Man, I mean, you you have all these chances. I mean, we're literally the worst passing offense in the country. So for you to be, you know, kind of who the fans really wanted, I think, to kind of step up and be that guy and just not be able to get it done, I think, you know, then you had your chances and you're going to probably have to kind of move on. And um, he's going to have to do that, you know, at least if as far as playing, because um, he was – Mark was asked that question. Coach Stoops was asked several times whether or not – um, we know he would be eligible. Have he heard of any changes or any underlying rules that might potentially allow Joey Gatewood to not have to sit out that year? And he was firm each time saying he didn't know anything as far as he understood he would have to sit out that year. But even saying that, you know, you'd rather get into the program, learn how it works, learn the plays, go to the games, you know, kind of develop the culture side, even if you're not going to be able to get to play. But man, that guy's going to sure have um, seen his fair share of campuses, you know, by the, by the time his career is over. Yeah, he definitely will. And another angle of this, again, we're kind of going through all of it, but there's plenty of text into the show, 502-414-1450. Keep them coming. And there's just a million different ways to break this down. Big Blue Drew, should UK fans be frustrated with Joey Gaywood? 
I think there's definitely, I mean, from you can imagine, TJ, I'm sure you guys talked about it on the show a ton when he was in the portal. And what was, what was he like? He was the number one, like, RPO-rated quarterback, four-star. I mean, just it just seemed like a perfect match for Kentucky. You know, for the last however many seasons, just been yearning for a quarterback. We need somebody under center that can manage a game, um, allow our great defense to do what they do, and put some wins on the board. And it just never came to fruition. So I think there's definitely um, – a portion of a, of a UK fan that could be frustrated and at minimum say that, you know, he under delivered from, from what our expectations were when he got here, but he's also a guy TJ that I could see finding himself in the right situation. And then you're seeing those four-star attributes really come out. And, um, you know, he could, he could, I could see him being a power five quarterback somewhere and, you know, doing work. Yeah, I, I could, uh, I mean, I, I'm rooting for him. I, I do think it kind of puts Kentucky in a little bit of a tough spot, and, and Roush and I have talked about that, about how I do think Levis at some point is probably going to get banged up and have mm-hmm. to come out for a play or a possession, and not impossible. It's a game, and, and, and we cross our fingers and our toes and hope that it's not multiple games. But this is the SEC, and he's a quarterback that is going to fight for every yard, and if you get him around the five-yard line, in his mind, he's probably thinking I'm going to take off and, and try to try to dive into the end zone or dive for a first down if they're not, you know, where depending on wherever they are in the field. He's somebody that will sacrifice his body to get an extra few yards, and I think that's commendable. I love that out of a quarterback, but it's also putting yourself out there to get nailed and to get hurt and have a 280-pound dude land on your shoulder or a 300-pound dude land on your back. It's it, it, Football is a violent sport, and it is – very likely, at some point, Will is going to get dinged up. Let's just help Bo, if Bo has to come in there, and, and whether it's a few snaps or whether it's a few possessions or a few series, whatever it may be, he's going to be able to go out there and do enough. And the obvious large concern, and you're really kind of going down the rabbit hole a little bit more, is if, all right, Will gets hurt, Bo goes in there, takes a sack, just lands funny, he gets hurt. And then you're talking about, like, the Nick Scalzo show at that point, Big Blue Drew, Kai Sharon, which that also that, – that shouldn't make anybody feel warm and fuzzy inside. Either one of those guys have to take snaps for Kentucky. We can maybe convince ourselves into Bo Allen being able to do enough. And at the end of the day, maybe Bo Allen's still the, the future UK football, just, ain't, just isn't ready at this point to take the starting job. And Will Levis is more physically mature, more in-game experience for sure. He can go out there and, and kind of take charge for a year or two and then and then Bo still, if he's patient, will will get his shot. I don't know. I, I, I don't think fans should be upset at Joey, but if Joey's other alternatives are FCS or JUCO, otherwise he can't play this year, I personally, if I was in his inner circle, and I'm certainly not, I would I would advise him that I think it'd be a mistake to leave because one, you never know somebody could get hurt. You boom, you're leading the show of an SEC team that hell maybe when Will Levis gets hurt, Big Blue Drew, it's going into that Florida game when Kentucky's four and zero, or it's going into Kentucky upsets Florida. They're five and zero going into that LSU game. Will Levis goes down. Joey, the CBS game, you're on national TV. It'd be like a perfect segue for for his next future even if it doesn't mean it's at Kentucky uh, I would advise him to potentially stay just because of the injury factor but that's easy for me to say he wants to play big blue drew that's that's evident he wants to be a starter he doesn't want to have to worry about having a short leash and that's why I think ultimately he'll probably end up going to like a juco or an fcf school this year 
put up nice numbers and then reset the clock and maybe have one more year at a power five conference like you suggested. But I don't think Kentucky fans should be upset at Joey Gatewood, but I do think it's kind of an unfortunate situation because quarterback depth, never a bad thing to have. Yeah. And just like you're going through kind of the reasons to stay at Kentucky, what would be of his benefit there? You you have to assume that there's coaches, family, you know, everywhere that maybe saw this being an option. And I'm sure he's had um, a path laid out other places as well and why that would be beneficial. So again, I would expect to be a lot sooner than later. Um, He'll name his destination and he'll kind of go do that. And another takeaway that I had right away, TJ was you're right. Bo Allen's going to get the chance to chuck the ball around Kroger Mm -hmm. field a little bit, regardless of what happens. Maybe it's just, I mean, this is sec football, dude. I mean, Will could have a great season. He could still go out there and get rattled. Maybe a few series in the game might have to pull him over for a few, few plays, calm him down, see how the defense is scheming. Maybe it's just a stinger. You get the wind knocked out of you. Um, there's just a multitude of reasons of why Bo, Bo Allen's going to get his chance to go out there, which I think is really neat. I like, I've always wanted um, him to get a chance, you know, being the hometown guy and stuff, familiar with um, Lexington. I think it'll be, it'll be fun whenever he does get a chance to get the ball in his hands and really air it out because just it's going to happen. You know, how many times does Kentucky win an entire season with the same quarterback? So you're right. You really made me a little nervous going down the injury hole a little bit too far there, but it's definitely a thing for Kentucky. We know that because, you know, we've, we've started the season with more quarterbacks and finished with um, probably less than anyone. So as a Kentucky football fan, having depth at quarterback has to be, um, you know, at the front of your mind at all times. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you brought up a lot of good points there. It's worth remembering game one, Big Blue Drew, and what, how far are we away now? It'll be two weeks Saturday, so what, 19 days, I'm guessing, from the, the season opener. I cannot believe we're already in mid-August. I, just, it I love it. I, I, wish we were in, I wish we were in late August, if we're going to be honest. But uh, the fact that the, the first few weeks of August have already – first couple of weeks of August have already come and go is, is wild, but uh, we're getting closer to that season opener. It'll be here before you know it, but a, a soft reminder, Kentucky's a 30 point favorite in that game. Vegas doesn't always get it right. And Kentucky has certainly struggled in uh, against crappy teams to start the season, just kind of getting their feet underneath them, especially when you're bringing in a new offense. I'm not saying to, to take the points necessarily, but I could see Kentucky going out there struggling a little bit, but even if they struggle a little bit, if Vegas thinks 30 points, this should be a blowout. And maybe now we start calling it a blowout, and then you get to see Bo Allen go out there and sling it around. In all seriousness, I think it's a good opportunity. One for Will, I, I love that we're, I, you know, as much as I'd love to start against Louisville, it's kind of under the same umbrella. I like starting with a cupcake, Big Blue Drew. You get to figure out things that work and don't work. You're going against somebody else that's alive. I think it can kind of build confidence for a lot of guys, for young wide receivers and for obviously the quarterback position. And then if you're up 42 to 14 in the fourth quarter, then guess what? Bo Allen can get experience because you're only, you're always just one play away from a quarterback getting injured. And well, what happens if Will goes down in that Missouri game, the much-anticipated Missouri game that's going to kind of dictate what kind of season Kentucky's going to have? If he were to get hurt in that game, you'd want Bo to have a little extra experience. So I think this cupcake component is a good start to the season, and it's going to be really good for the quarterbacks. I'll, I'll be – it'll be fun. I, 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 it, I think Lee and Cohen's offense should probably lead to a fewer – big plays which may lead to to more blowouts because Eddie Grand's offense was very 
at least with the quarterbacks he had. I don't know if this is what he wanted to do, but it was, hey, we're going to get a lead and, and we're good. Like, if this we're, this is nice. Uh, as long as we don't mess this up, we're going to win. It wasn't necessarily stepping on people's throats type offensive scoring there, Big Blue Drew. A bow out. I love it. We're shooting for a bow out in game one. And, and all that stuff you went through, TJ, is exactly why I'm all for Kentucky doing a cupcake to open the season. We don't need to go play Notre Dame or someone on a neutral field. We saw what happened last year when you have to kind of start the season um, and just nothing but just week after week of this gauntlet. So I don't think there's anything wrong. Cupcake City, game one. And I do think there's going to be a, a big deal just between that first quarter, maybe first half, I'll even say, and the, this the Kentucky football fans' mindset. Because, man, how awesome would it be to go out there and see, you know, Wandell and Will Levis hook up a couple times in that first half. I just think um, the vibes could just instantly be up if Kentucky can go out and put some quick points on the board. And I think they're going to, I think they're going to try to do that. I mean, the best that they can and just get people excited. And like I said, build confidence within the, uh, the entire offense, but I'm anxious for it. Now we know who's going to be under center. We had a good idea anyways, KRC. We had said for a few months and weeks that it was going to be Will Levis just based on what everybody was saying. Despite Joey Gatewood having a great two weeks when they weren't practicing, um, I guess just in like drills or throwing or whatever it was, uh, it was not a quarterback competition. Will Levis, your starting QB, and we can assume, assuming Joey Gatewood doesn't have a change of heart, which it doesn't seem like he's going to, Bo Allen, your number two, and we learn more and more about this team each and every day, which is exciting. And there's other stuff from the spring game or not the spring game from their scrimmage on Saturday. I should say there's more from the scrimmage on Saturday. We need to talk about, we've got tons of text. Keep them rolling in five, zero two, four, one, four, 1450. And we have plenty of other news throughout the weekend. UK got a football commit and, and we basketball recruiting. There's some interesting things there as well. We've got plenty we can discuss on this Monday episode of Kentucky. Plenty, Roll Call. Plenty of stuff. We're going to take a break. We got Big Blue Drew in the house. Douglas, the producer. I'm TJ Walker. We'll be right back after this. Welcome back to Kentucky Roll Call. Uh, you don't like fiction? Yeah, I guess you could say like, that. What is your favorite fictional piece of anything? Do you, do you like Jurassic Park? Uh, Jurassic Park was good, but that's real. I mean, that happened at one point. Welcome to Jurassic Park. No. Not with no, people, but I mean, <laughs> there, there was like, there was, we, we've the never story. cloned an island of dinosaurs, uh, and then well, the island had an electrical failure, so it, the dinosaurs got out. It at least had the feeling of something that could have happened. I'm simply saying that life uh, finds a way. I love Jurassic Park. I mean, couldn't, we've couldn't always been a dinosaur theoretically, guy. that we get space technology where we're going all over the galaxy? Nope. That can't happen? Nope. I mean, it's literally happening. Nope. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Welcome back. Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. TJ Walker with Big Blue Drew and Douglas, the producer, on your Monday morning. Appreciate you spending it with us. Text on into the show, 502-414-1450. And you will appreciate that right now at Genesis Diamonds, you can save an extra 20% on all GIA certified diamonds. Buy like a dealer buys at Genesis Diamonds. 
This is a once-a-year event, all shapes, all sizes. Don't miss the best prices of the entire year on all GIA-certified diamonds at Genesis. That's over on Shelbyville Road next to Trader Joe's. An extra 20% off. Who says no to that? Our friends at Genesis Diamonds always doing something spectacular. And this week, it's the GIA-certified diamonds. So that's exciting, something to keep an eye on. Big Boy Drew, what was also exciting yesterday is Kentucky football got a commitment in the in the hoopla of the quarterback decision. UK's future in the trenches got a little bit better. I'll let you say his name, TJ. Oh, I thought you, you, you said <laughs> were you, you were you kicking that over to me because I'm I'm not trying that. <laughs> no, that's exactly that's that's that, that, that was the whole plan. I, I teased yeah. it up for you, and you were going to take it over and say that Tabawa Dorje announced his commitment to the Wildcats on Saturday. I don't, I, and I do apologize. I feel all right with the Durge last name, but uh, Tomawa, his first name, I, I could be I could be wrong about that. But the number two player from his state, Big Blue Drew, that's always a big deal. You're going to want the number two player from a state, right? Like, there's only one better player you can get from each state. Dude had a ton of offers, too. He had a lot of offers, and just time and time again, I just, just read through this morning, his commitment um, kind of notes on why he chose Kentucky. And just time and time again, TJ, all you hear now is player development. We are a player development university over here, getting these high-level three-star, four-star guys to come buy in, show them the picture of Josh Allen, lock it up, come on over to Kentucky where um, we'll develop you and you'll go to the NFL. That's definitely the pitch right now, and it's clearly working because that guy had a lot of offers and. Ball indications will be a, a, another great addition for um, the Kentucky defense. Yeah, this is a uh, – and I love that you kind of – you you just glossed over the state aspect of what I was bringing up because uh, the state was Delaware. So, oh, like, yeah. you know. I, I think – what are you saying about <laughs> Delaware football, TJ? What do you know about Delaware high school football? I mean, again, being number two is good. There, Like, it, it doesn't matter if you were just in the – on your street, it wouldn't matter if you were the number two player on your, on your street. Uh, but Delaware is a very small state, the first state. People forget that, but a uh, very small state. And But still, being number two is exciting. This is a player who it seems like maybe his offers seem to suggest he's better than his ranking because he's a low-end three-star on rivals, and there's nothing – like that, that's, that doesn't mean you're bad by any stretch of the imagination. But he's not one of those players that's like, Oh, he's right on the cusp of a four-star player. He's not. He's he's further back in the three-star standings. But Kentucky got somebody that Georgia Tech, who is kind of going through their football recruiting renaissance, if you will, they're finally getting another shot in the arm, and they're getting good players. So that Georgia Tech offer looks a little uh, – it's Georgia Tech. Kentucky should get players. I mean, they should win recruiting, recruiting battles against Georgia Tech. But Georgia Tech does have a little momentum right now. South Carolina, West Virginia, and Vanderbilt were the other schools that he was strongly considering, the schools that wanted him the most. And I and I do think this just kind of showcases that regards to South Carolina, we already knew this about Vanderbilt, that Kentucky is above that tier in the SEC packing order and probably has been that way now for, for a little bit. And you, uh, you always want depth. You want to get the guys that the staff wants to get, Big Blue Drew. They've got a pretty solid track record of finding I shouldn't say even necessarily diamonds in the rough although they have done a great job with that and obviously everybody thinks of Josh Allen another northeastern recruit uh similar to to this fella that 
obviously I'm going to try to avoid saying his name as much as possible until I fully understand exactly how to pronounce it. But that's obviously going to be the comparison for Derge is that, that Josh Allen um, just being from kind of a similar area being new England, Northeastern football recruits don't generally get a lot of hype and Kentucky don't look now a little bit of a pipeline with like new England, mid Atlantic, Northeastern part of the country uh, people forget that, you know, Will Levis and, and Liam Cohen, uh, they they have ties. And uh, so you could you could see more and more players from the Northeast maybe taking their, their dreams to the Southeastern Conference and coming to the northernmost SEC school in Kentucky. But that was good news yesterday. It's not a player that I think is going to get the recruiting, the, the UK recruiting fans in a hizzy, but it's a good addition. And Kentucky had kind of lost a little bit of its momentum in football recruiting. So maybe this is the shot in the arm that the staff needs to keep the 2022 ball rolling. Hey, don't hey, sleep don't on that Delaware pipeline. I'm with you. Yeah, absolutely. Who's your, can you name, I'm putting you on the spot here. Can you name anybody from Delaware? No, I can't name. I, I know the only, I'll tell you the one of the only things I know about Delaware TJ, are you ready? What's that? Delaware is one of the best states to form a business in. So typically you'll find a lot of large corporations will form their business in Delaware um, due to their lax tax laws. So oftentimes you'll know, like you'll meet somebody, maybe they're opening like a, just some little small business and they'll be like, oh, I want to register in Delaware. And then you're always kind of a little suspicious of that person because I think they're uh, they're trying to get over on you a little bit with, with the tax <laughs> law. So, so if anyone ever asks you to like open a business and they're like let's let's register it in Delaware, um, think twice about that. Red flag. Yeah, yeah, red flag. Exactly. All right, I, I would say probably the most famous Delawarean, Delawoon, Delawoon. I like it. Delaware White, uh, however you want to call it, probably the president of the United States, Joe Biden. Oh him, okay. Let's he was see. born in he was born in Pennsylvania, but kind of grew up living in Delaware. The list um, is I, really I, bad, man. I just put up the list, and it's like it's like really bad. Like, um, and then I and then the uh, somebody had texted and said Aubrey Plaza from Parks and Rec. Yeah, she's the number one person listed, the number one famous person listed from Delaware. That <laughs> after my Google, which that seems impossible. I guess the president. Um, you already kind of dispel it. Yeah, uh, but not born in Delaware, so the president's. Uh, you know, that, that's a little. That's a little dicey there, I suppose. Yeah, it's kind of an area that we're like, it's it's tough because uh, so much is uh, so much is packed into that one area. You know, it's hard to say. You know, if you actually get like from there, Elizabeth Shue, one of my favorites. Liz hers from Delaware. Who would Elizabeth Shue be? Elizabeth Shue. Oh man, we're talking dude. Allie from Karate Kid 1. I know you're a little younger, TJ, but that's that's an easy one there. Elizabeth Shue, um, Allie, Karate Kid 1. First first crush. Wow. Yeah, I wasn't yeah. a huge Karate Kid guy. If uh Ooh. don't 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 kill me for that. So they have Elizabeth Biden on here and and it looks like a mugshot. I was like, who is this? Who is this person? Why would they have their mugshot? But that's Ashley Biden. I mean, dude, we're like seven, eight down the list. Judge Reinhold's in the top ten. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> hey i tell you what like that's gotta it's gotta be pretty exciting to live in delaware because I'm telling you, get, you. Uh, you, you, you don't really have to probably do too much to become maybe the most famous delaware i think derge has a chance here go there become a first round draft pick help kentucky win another national championship 
because obviously this year is going to be number one. But uh, yeah, a lot on the line there for Derja. I think if he gets two sacks in a game, TJ, he's going to break the top ten. <laughs> we have the top ten, the number ten, Annie Jump Cannon, who was, of course you should know this, she was born in 1863, mm-hmm. and she was an astronomer. Well, who, who of course, who, yeah. who couldn't who couldn't think of that? Uh, or couldn't come to that come to that conclusion of the most famous Delawarean of all time. So that was a big deal for UK football. Uh, I'm I'm excited about that commitment, but some good news on that front. Uh, Big Blue Drew, any any other football? I, I, we're not done with Will Levis and Joey Gatewood because the text line that they're going to certainly talk about that uh, to a large degree, but. Anything else you want to add? I've got one little more caveat, kind of separate from what we've talked about. But anything else in the quarterback that we should that you want to bring up? Yeah, I think one thing we haven't really touched on is you know how fair of a shot have these wide receivers you know been given? I think that they've been run through the mud. I mean, again, I keep saying it, but one of the one of if not the worst passing offense over the last two seasons. So now I think of not only from a quarterback position should Kentucky fans be excited. But um, now we have a chance to see what some of these skill players can do because it, it's it still amazes me, TJ, if we would have went back five or six years ago and kind of going through the evolution of Kentucky football under Mark Stoops and, and how would they kind of get to the point that they're at now. I would have assumed it would have been with great skill position players. You know, we look back, we've had like, um, you know, Keenan Burton type players that just were just better. Randall Cobb. So we had speed on the outside, a great quarterback, great receivers. You know, I guess we've had the great running backs, whatever. And that now we would really be working to build the trenches up, right, to where we could compete with the Georgias, the Auburns, in the trenches. But we've kind of went opposite of that. You know, we've really dominated the trenches, which is still amazing to me as a Kentucky football fan. That's something we continue to see as a strength. We're building on on the recruiting end. We know we're going to have another kick-ass offensive line. Mm -hmm. So now it's kind of working the opposite way, right? We're going to get a chance to see some of these skilled players really get out and show what they can do with the more traditional quarterback under center we know we're going to have a more hopefully a more pro style offense um with the new offensive coordinator so uh, and then to throw a name on that i mean i don't think we can talk enough about wandell tj i think that he is just going to be electric and if nothing else um he's going to give kentucky football fans a, a reason to stand up cheer because if he's not making a big play he's at least going to be attempting to make one he's going to be such an exciting player and and that's going to be such a page turning thing for Kentucky fans over these last two seasons. So again, I really think if you come out there in that first game, especially in that first half, and Will and Wandell are just hooking up left and right, and maybe he breaks a big one, I just feel like that that's going to just be like a, a monumental change, and that could really set Kentucky football over the edge and you know maybe see them genuinely competing for the East over the next season or two. Well, if they're hooking up left and right, I definitely won't be worried about team chemistry. Yeah, exactly. No, you you won't have to at that point, right? No, not not at all. Uh, no, you you. We've had you, some mono scares with the quarterbacks too. Was that last year? Was it last year with mono? <laughs> oh, last year, or the year before that. Yeah. Oh, that's uh, that's a blast from the past as well. Yeah, the quarterback position for the most part in the Stoops era has just been a disaster. It's like been a disaster. It's been like basically held together by duct tape, and despite the that that always being interesting or a problem or concerning, it's like the rest of the team has been good enough. And you're right that uh, we always thought, all right, if Kentucky's going to be good, you're just going to have to get some freak athletes, a great quarterback, 
And then at that point, at least you're going to be able to hang with teams, and then we'll worry about the trenches because uh, the quick fix is to get the good skill players and put up a lot of points. Soup said, yeah, okay, I'll look into that, but I think I'm going to actually start making sure these trenches are good and, and make sure Bud Dupree's a star and bring in Zadarius Smith as well. And we're going to uh, we're going to actually work our way from the inside out, and that's how it's been, and it's worked. There's no denying that. Kentucky football is is starting to – really kind of come into its own and it's competed with the big boys it was a game away from going to the sec championship game just a few years ago and maybe will levis is finally going to be the guy that hey trenches good linebackers secondary we like it offensive line remains great running back remain great wide receivers we'll see but we feel better about it this year maybe will levis going to be the guy that finally can check that box and everything comes together and this is going to be a fun year but building to your point I love it. You're right. Like, I, I can't wait to see Wandale. I think folks are going to love him. And Kentucky football has always, they've, with the exception of just a few years ago, they've always had a presence in recruiting in the state, and or even if it's Ohio, or very geographically based around Lexington for the most part. So a lot of these recruits that have come in over the past decade, two decades, go back as, as far as you want to go, a lot of these people have seen a lot of these players, Big Blue Drew. They've They've seen them, they've watched them, and they've known at their high schools that, like, they were the dude, right? Mm-hmm. I'm sure back when your basketball days, like, more, you were probably the dude on your team, or at least one of the dudes. And, they, and, and, and you knew that you could take over games, have success. Kentucky fans have seen recruits come into the program, and Wandell was one in high school people were familiar with, where it's just like, if, if he's got to go find a way to win the game, he's going to go do it. And I'd like to think that Chris Rodriguez was probably that way as well. And I, I'd like to think that Will Levis was that way as, as well. But the difference this time, Big Blue Drew, is you've seen all these guys do it in college. It's not like you have to go back and say, well, I hope this translates over to the college game. We've seen Wandell fight for an extra few yards at Nebraska in really important situations. We've seen him get touchdowns in much-needed situations. We know Chris Rodriguez is a monster. Nobody had more positive yards from the line of scrimmage without, like, negative yards than Chris Rodriguez. They they phrased that stat better than I just did. But he, he virtually never got tackled for a loss in his UK football career. He is a he's a badass. Like he's gonna go fight for every single yard. Will Levis, again, didn't always have the prettiest passing numbers at Penn State, but you go watch his highlight tapes. When that dude needed to get a first down or needed to get in the end zone, he was going to do the John John Elway helicopter to get in, whatever it took. So you've got guys that you know are going to fight for an extra yard, to fight for that first down. They're they're littered throughout the offense, but the difference this go-around is we've seen it at the college level versus just hoping it translates over to the college level. And Will Levis, we haven't seen it against an SEC. Wandale Robinson, we haven't seen it against SEC teams. And Levis, we're going to have to see a little bit more than what he's shown at Penn State. But if he's getting named the starter after a week of practice, and this is the guy that UK's offensive coordinator wanted to bring in, this is we'd like to think that partially maybe this is part of the reason he took the job. Can I bring in this guy that I used to recruit back in the day? Yeah, you can. All right. That sounds good. There's my quarterback. Let's rock and roll. But we've got guys that have proven it at the college level. So this has to be the year. There's no excuse that it shouldn't be the year that this offense is a not one dimensional. I still think it's going to be run heavy. I still think it should be run heavy, but it should not be one dimensional. If Kentucky's got to go out there and sling it around. I hope this is the year that they can actually do it. And two, 
more blowouts, which is going to be good for development of younger guys. And then three, if you have an offense you can trust, Big Blue Drew, there's one game on this schedule that I don't think you can win, and the rest of them you're going to have a you're going to have a damn good chance. And I get excited about that. Yeah, I think the the excuse, I guess, if things don't go well initially is going to be offensive-wise, you know, is still implementing this system. But, I mean, you've heard the term, there's nowhere to go but up. And if Kentucky's not in that spot in the passing game, then no one ever will be. So I think you have to show immediate improvement, even if they're not a finished product, for sure. They got to show some immediate improvement. Because if you do go out there and you kind of lay an egg in that first game, TJ, even if you win, I do think that's going to take some wind out of the sails for, um, for sure. And, and that's not the best thing for Kentucky football. I think next season they really need to come out and, and just click on all cylinders, dominate those first two games. And then, um, I, I don't know, I just feel like at, at that point a lot of things could fall into place. Yep, they, they could. And do you make anything of, like, Stoops' comments of leadership with Will Levis? The guy is like a TikTok star. He's a yeah. TikTok sensation. He's already throwing L's down. Do you like, I hate using this word, but I'm going to use it here. Do you do you like his swagger about him? Do you think well, like, aha, he's got the demeanor that needs to be an SEC winning quarterback? Love it. Absolutely. I was going to kind of uh, mention that earlier that I do. I think he fits the mold a lot. His Just with his, um, his disposition on social media, I think just his stature, the way that he carries himself. The guy's a heartthrob, TJ. He's an SEC quarterback. I think that, uh, I think he fits on all, on all levels. The only thing he's got to do now is go out there and perform on the field because I think everywhere else, um, he to me, seems like he's going to be able to embrace and thrive as a quarterback um, at a school like Kentucky in the Southeastern Conference. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I guess he's setting himself, like when you do that stuff, you got to back it up, right? Like if you're doing the L's down before ever playing mm-hmm. a game, if you're, and he, he loves the TikTok videos, but I'm sure there's probably people around him. I'd like to think that there would be that would tell him, like, listen, if you have a bad game or if things start to kind of go south, people are going to be like mean, and they're going to they're going to feel like you've given them an opportunity to pick on to pick to be picked on because when you go out there and you're doing all the fun videos and you're doing the L's down and whatnot, people are going to get on that if if you don't kind of back it up. He seems like the type of kid that is going to bet on himself, that will believe in himself, that doesn't really second-guess his swag, if you will, because he knows he's going to go out there and and do what he has to do, uh, get wins for Kentucky football. As long as he does that, that's fine. I'm cool with it. But there will be, quote-unquote, backlash if he struggles. And that probably won't necessarily be fair to him, but – that's just the way this thing goes in the SEC. That's that's not exclusive to Kentucky. It's not really exclusive to the SEC as a whole. You th- see it throughout all college football. But there there is some pressure on him. He's got to go out there and deliver. Well, the nice thing, too, is with the transfers, TJ, as you know, that if a guy's willing to put their name in the hat and come to a school, they want this chance. You know, they're not being, like, thrown into it. They, don't, they know what they're getting into, especially someone that's already played in the Big Ten. He's played in. Um, I guess the second highest level um, of football, I'll say. So he knew why, um, you know, what he could potentially be getting himself into, and he wanted that. So you got to, by all indications, this is exactly what Will Levis wanted. Probably even happened sooner than he expected. And now a lot of a lot of that pressure is off, right? You don't have to win the job now, so you have a few weeks of kind of just taking those, um, you know, those first team reps, 
And uh, Mark Stoops talked about that too. You know, he doesn't have to, there's no facade now. He doesn't have to kind of, uh, you know, let Joey and Bo go in there and get some first team snaps or whatever. There's no splitting them. Will's the guy. You got three weeks now to get those first team reps and then go out and perform on um, first game. Yeah, it, it, that's well said. And I've always, you know, back in the, the other quarterback debates or controversies or uh, there's been there's been too many of them, the Stoops there. I've always kind of wanted this. Like, I want the offense to know who the guy is. I want the team to know who the guy is. And if things end up not working out throughout the rest of the camp and you've got to second guess it, that'd be a disaster. But I, I just love the idea of everybody kind of getting on the same page. And it, it seemed that way already. Like, Will Levis, you know, wide receivers were posting pictures with them saying that's my guy I think somebody had even put out there like a week ago QB1 uh, like the, it, it's it's clear that the team is already kind of locked in on Levis being the starter so now that it's just official you're going to walk around the football facilities everybody's going to know when they see Will Levis hey this is our quarterback I think there is a benefit to that but at the end of the day you still have to go out there you still have to prove it and Big Blue Drew most importantly with all this is it just doesn't it kind of just feel like the stars are aligning like doesn't like it just feels like things feel good and I know that Kentucky's had some rough football news already to tell to Kel Crowdis although a positive update there no surgery which is huge 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 but it just kind of feels like with the Levis news everybody's in a good mood we're getting closer to the season we know that we're going to win that first game by a thousand and that's going to be fun, and people are going to be all jolly because of it. I just it, it feels like if this were a, a, a football movie, Friday Night Lights, or Remember the Titans, this is like the montage song of everybody working together, being happy, putting in the hours, and like we know it's going to lead to something special. Doesn't mean there ain't going to be a setback or two, because we know how these movies work. There will be. But right now, it kind of feels like the fun montage part, in my opinion. In your movie, though, TJ, there's definitely always a Joey Gatewood character, too. They're, like, kind of panning out, and he's, like, walking out of the door where everyone's celebrating. So, who knows? Maybe at a, if this really was a movie, at, at some point, their paths might cross again. No, that's, <laughs> you're, not, you're not wrong about that. That's a, I like the way that you're thinking. Need to get you directing some films because you're, you're right about it. Uh, all right, let's, let's do our daily double break here. We'll come back. We've got uh, Big Blue Drew. I'm only sending you the texts that have come over through the show today, but we've got like uh, several from over the weekend. So that's yeah. on another thread that you cannot see. So we'll, we'll come back hour two. We'll get into the text line, 502-414-1450. Best way to get in touch with the show. You text in. We read it on the air. Uh, a little bit of basketball news. We could also talk NBA Summer League a little bit as well. I didn't even ask you what other just random sports takes or things you want to discuss. That's a bad host of me. So if you've got anything on your brain, we'll get to that as well. It's going to be a fun second hour. You're not going to want to miss it. Mark Story had a great story. My boy Mark Story with the story. I got to talk about that. We got a fun second hour plan for you. This is KRC on Big X Sports Radio. TJ Walker, Big Blue Drew, and Douglas, the producer. We'll be back for hour number two. Welcome back for hour two of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is. With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. 
Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Hour number two of Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio, 96 1 FM, 1450 on the AM dial. TJ Walker, Big Blue Drew, Douglas, the producer, here on your Monday morning. Quick reminder mentioned it in hour one, but the Mike Rutherford show starts today on the Big X. You will hear Mike Rutherford himself, owner, creator, Card Chronicle, and Yes, that's right, folks. Trevor Kelsey, the big guy, will also be on the show helping get it off the ground running. That's at 3 o'clock today on Big X Sports Radio. Check them out. Yes, it's UofL, but, and they've got plenty to talk about. It'll be interesting, though, because Trevor always had to play the, not the villain on Kentucky Roll Call, but maybe more so the punching bag, if you will. What's he going – and he loves being a contrarian anyways. He loves to go against the grain, and he loves to fight his opinions and his takes. And even if he's proved wrong by facts, logic, reason, science, you name it, uh, sometimes he doesn't back down, and that's always pretty hilarious. Mike is a very smart man. He is uh, – he, he, I think when it comes to U of L media members, fans, if you will – He's as sensible as it gets easily. I don't I don't even know who I'd put in second place in that regard. Uh, certainly wouldn't be Trevor. But so I, I wonder if sometimes I could see Trevor having the bigger butt slapping U of L take and Mike having to kind of shoot him straight, which I think could make for pretty good radio. So would have to see if uh if if we get that going or not. But that's at three o'clock today. And then after that, I'm sure Trevor's probably on his way home from the studio. He's going to be going in, folks. He will be heading into to studio every day, uh, I think, is the plan. And and after that, I'm sure he'll be stopping at Salsaritas to get himself a well-earned and deserved burrito from Salsaritas, two locations in Louisville, Middletown and St. Matthews. Middletown has a drive through St. Matthews, newly renovated. Go there for lunch or dinner, and do not forget to download the app, just Salsaritas. It's going to save you money. You refer a friend, then they get $10, or they get a free entree. You get $10, which is great because that's worth a little bit more than an entree because the prices are so low at Salsaritas. they got wildly addictive chips, awesome salsa, and good queso, too, if you're into the queso. They're salsa spicy, though, a little too spicy for Hoosier Dingus as well. Uh, TJ Walker and Big Blue Drew in the house on your Monday morning. We've got Nick Roush out. He'll be back tomorrow. And Justin Kalen, Hoosier Dingus, is going to be out this week as he is on a Florida vacation. But we're very lucky and happy to have Big Blue Drew on. Big Blue Drew, how how is my Kentucky Dad podcast doing? Obviously setting records breaking down download stream records. But in all seriousness, if you haven't checked out Big Blue Drew's Kentucky Dad podcast, I went on with them last week. We had fun. I was coming. I got home instantly after a volleyball game. So uh, had had a beer during the podcast as well. It was a really good time and uh, enjoyed doing it with Big Blue Drew. But I think it's a unique, as unique as a Kentucky podcast as you're going to get. Any of us schmucks can just talk sports. There's a thousand of them. Uh, there's there's the obviously UK basketball recruiting is a good podcast, but you don't have one where you're just talking to Kentucky fans or Kentucky coaches or employees about just 
being a dad. Uh, you've also done it with a mom, at least one, maybe multiple, but I, the one I can think of. So I think it's as unique as there is a podcast out there on the on the interwebs, Big Blue Drew. What was the idea behind it? And also flatter me with how great that podcast is doing. Well, first off, TJ, I bet you didn't know that this Monday was going to start with a, um, about a 463-word story about TJ Walker that I just posted, wrote that um, on my Sunday afternoon. So um, hopefully that's going to boost numbers because uh, I won't talk numbers. They're always doing well. I know uh, I got to do a little bit better job of um, you know providing some consistency, but we're going to do that once the season starts. But um, I think you'll find out, TJ, was, uh, you know, once you become a dad and then probably even now before, um, it's what you like to talk about. And I think it brings out a range of emotion that you normally, you know, don't get just talking about the week to week sports stuff. And I know specifically, um, selfishly, I think that some of the people that I've been able to get on probably wouldn't have done it if I just asked them about, um, you know, the upcoming game. But everyone likes talking about their kids. And and I know that I've found it. Um, I found it great. And I'll even give you guys some feedback too, TJ. I know all the time I meet people that um, they feel like they know you guys. They feel like they know you and Nick and they'll even, they'll even share that with me that they kind of feel like that they're friends, even though, you know, they've maybe never met you in person. So I know that um listeners of, of shows like this and, and personalities that um, cover Kentucky sports, people want to learn a little bit more about them, peel the layers back. So I enjoy doing it on the dad podcast and selfishly TJ for me, you know, what's kick-ass about the dad podcast what's that there's no preparation i don't have to watch uh tv the day before i don't have to keep up with current events um it's kind of that same um template that i use and it kind of just flows naturally so from my point of view being a busy dad i love the podcast because it doesn't require a lot of pre-work yeah well that's the that is the great thing about the podcast is that like you're, you're almost taking what and we could we could talk about this for a good bit too it's like there is such thing as like Twitter friends and even to some degree, like Twitter family, where it's like, these are people that you've gotten to know with more conversations than you may have with your actual friends, but it's strictly via the internet. And that's not to say that these people are complete or total strangers that like you probably do run into some of these people from time to time. Louisville's not the biggest town. Kentucky's not the biggest state. And if you're working in a media capacity one way or another, you're bound to kind of brush shoulders with some of uh, with some of these folks. But it's mostly just an internet. And that's going to be the interesting thing about a lot of millennials that people will probably look back on in decades is like the generation that grew up getting to know folks on the internet instead of how it had been for the course of human history beforehand, where you'd go out in public and, and run into one another and see one another. But it, you take these people and it's almost like you, you humanize them more because you're just, instead of like talking about sports or the rare occasions where politics will get mixed into the fray or the bickering between UK and U of L or, you know, the dividing line on Calipari, he's, he's part of the problem. He's got to change. No, everything's fine. You know, we'll even have in-house debates with some of these people, but you kind of humanize them where it's like, Oh, you're a father. How's that? What's life like outside of your internet personality or your job, whatever you may be doing. And it's, uh, it's honestly, I can't get enough of them. Uh, I love I don't care if I haven't even really recognized the person that you put on there, because at the end of the day, I'm, I'm staring down the, I mean, fatherhood is right there for me. It's, uh, 
You're staring down the barrel of a fatherhood, TJ. Exactly. (laughs) It'll be here before I know it. So hearing all these other people's experience, one, it's kind of calming and soothing and, and, you know, makes me understand that if some of these goobers can do it, I can certainly do it. No, but in all seriousness, that's uh, it's a great podcast. If you're not listening to it, give it a go. And at a minimum, leave a rating and review, which, by the way, somebody left a KRC a nice review the other day, which I'm very appreciative of. So thank you for that. Uh, but that being said, I don't know if I love the picture you used on the article. I was I was worried about it. No one ever approves of the pictures I use. That was Thanksgiving probably three years ago, two years ago, maybe. And it was in the middle of bulking season. And uh, it's all right. I, I, you know, I am who I am, I suppose. But I, I feel like we could have done maybe one that's not a low angle looking up. Yeah, I never, I probably, I was going to ask you to, but then I was just ready to post it. So I didn't have time to wait on a picture, but <laughs> you look fine, TJ. It's a nice little, little split photo. And, and since you hyped up the podcast so much, I really appreciate that. I'll, I'll share with my, my favorite moment ever of the dad podcast with you. Okay. Okay. And, and it was actually the very first one. Um, so it was with TJ Beisner, who just recently got uh, named director of player development for Kentucky's men's basketball right after he got off the podcast, I might mention. So good things happen. We'll see if you have any awesome fortune this week, TJ. But uh, the cool thing that happened was, so we're doing this my very first one. So, you know, it's kind of new, blah, blah, blah. TJ, it's like a Sunday afternoon. I want to say we did this one. Uh, TJ's phone starts ringing. So, you know, he's, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. So he hits in, we're kind of talking and somehow it comes up. He's like, oh yeah, that was just who called me. That was coach Cal. And I'm like, wait, so you chose, so you hit the end button and kept doing the podcast. And he's like, oh yeah, man, I just, you know, I figure we'll keep rolling. He's like, if he'll call us back, you know, I'll put him on speaker. But to me, that was always the coolest thing ever that, that he chose to end button coach Cal to continue the podcast. So that always meant a ton to me. And it was the very first one. I heard you tell that, that story on, on the podcast and uh, you'll, you'll get a lot of fun stories like that. Not necessarily people rejecting coach Cal to be on your podcast, but people that, you know, I I thought the one with Evan Crane was super interesting. He's been a lifelong UK staffer. It's just fun to kind of see behind the scenes with some of that stuff, especially since I'm not running into these folks as much, but uh, it's a, it's a cool, it's certainly a cool concept. I'm glad that you've, you've kept it going. I think that there's, you can never really run out of guests, you know, like it's, you're not going to run out of dads to be able to talk to or, or moms and their experiences. Cause you did have Haley Minogue on, uh, which was, which was cool. So it's a, you do good work with that. And we're always appreciative when you take the time and join us here on Kentucky roll call and big exports radio. I've got a few different topics I want to bring up at some point. If you do as well, big blue drew, we can get to that, but I'd say at least we, we pop open the can that is this worm of text. I'd say, let's do it. Okay. Texter says, aside from Salsaritas, am I crazy to say that all Mexican restaurants are the exact same? You could blindfold me and take me to every Mexican place in Louisville, and I couldn't tell you a difference besides maybe the chips. Hmm. Hmm. Could you get, could, I don't think you can get canceled for saying all Mexican places are the same. (laughs) I think you're I think you're safe on that one. I totally disagree. I get your overall concept and 
uh, my fan or my brother, I think, was the one who coined it. But he he calls it just like fast Mexican, which is probably not unique to him. I'm sure other people do, too, where it's kind of like your El Nepal's, if you will. El Nepal, Nepal, El Nepal. Um, what about Tex-Mex? Is that, would that be classified as like Tex-Mex? Is that kind of No, what not necessarily. Okay. Not necessarily. Not that it can't be. But okay. he's talking more of a place that like you're you're not there for like, hey, we're you're not going there because like, Hey, let's have a nice sit down Mexican meal. You're, you're going, it's like the waffle houses of Mexican restaurants. Like you're in and you're out, you're there to eat some like greasy, delicious, delicious Mexican food, but you're not there to like enjoy the environment necessarily. So uh, those places are pretty much all the same, but they're all good. That's the thing. But I do think, but Tex-Mex is different than that. Tex-Mex is like a tumbleweed, if you will. And then the texture is right. Aside, from, this is all aside from salsarita. Salsarita is the absolute greatest. I did my salsarita's ad before. I should have waited till this text message. That's on me. But this, we are talking second place, regardless of what we're talking about. Big Blue Drew. I'm such a like a. I think I've only eaten at salsaritas once. Well, don't and say I, that. I, I mean, know what? I get in trouble with it. This is. I'm. I'm not doing good. I every week I say I need to go. I need to go. Um, I know you guys hype it up. Everybody has nothing but great things to say. I want to say the time or time or two that I've had it, it's been catered, which is even better. So I know they do a lot of that stuff, large orders. So I'm going to make a point. Uh, by the next time I'm on KRC, I will have eaten there twice, not even once, twice. That's what I, that's what I like to hear. And don't forget to download the app. It, it'll it'll save you some money. You can use a referral code as well. Uh, that, that would be great. But interesting text to start the show. The second text is, TJ, are you any good at any video games? FIFA, Madden, 2K. Uh, we'll throw you into that as well, Big Blue Drew. Um, I play Call of Duty on my phone. That's my only regular video gaming, if you will. And I'm obviously amazing at that. And then back in the day, uh, yeah, I was good at all those video games. Uh, I, I was pretty unstoppable at college football back in back until that game ceased to exist. I was dominant, actually. Very rarely lost at that. And then FIFA... I wouldn't say that I was the best person that I knew, but I, I, I was in the upper tier of that. Uh, Madden, I didn't play as much because I was a college football guy. And then once college football game went away, that's when my PS3 was stolen and uh, kind of stopped playing video games after that pretty much forever. Up until this day, I haven't really owned a console. Trevor gave me one, but I haven't really played that. How about you, Big Blue Drew? You any good at video games? Um, before I get into my video gaming career, I want to ask you a question, TJ, because now you have a kind of a brother's, you know, pretty close age and stuff. My question for you is, have you ever thrown a video game controller out of anger? Yes, of course. Uh, <laughs> I think people would be lying if they said anything else. Yeah, I know. I've definitely seen them. I always find it funny how even even to, um, you know, grown men, that can be funny. And also, I like, I don't know if you've seen the meme, TJ, too, where it's like the guy's leaning back and then the next shot, he's like leaning forward. And it says, when my opponent goes up by 14 on Madden and you like lean up in your chair with your controller, and you start to take it a little bit more serious. So, um, I, you know, I've played games growing up. I was kind of the guy on the basketball team that everyone would get their licks in on 2K and beat me by like 40. Oh um, no! I still have an Xbox. I still have an Xbox. I have Tony Hawk, and um, we have 2K. So, so we'll play 2K every now and then. Um, I get roasted a lot for this actually, TJ, and I don't. I'll take all the lumps for this. Uh, my daughter and I sometimes will play WNBA on 2K, which I actually find fun. Um, I know I get I get killed for that a lot, but hey, the women need the spotlight too. They're great role models. So, uh, I'm a very casual video gamer to say the least. 
a uh, that yeah i i used to like again up until about really i was graduating college i was a serious video gamer and then just kind of once you move on from it you don't i didn't really think about it too much although i any like i do tell myself if i see what are, are they ps5s or are they ps4s what are yeah. they PS4s? PS5, i'm actually staring at two ps5s tj i'm kind of the plug for ps5s though if anybody needs one get, what? That, get that big blue drew here okay Great. Well, geez, I don't know if you're being serious or not, but I tell myself that if I'm at like a Target or if I'm at like a Best Buy and I see one oh, in the store one, that I'll that that I'm going to buy it, and yeah, every every time I'm there, which you know I go to Target, I don't once every three weeks. I'm sure that'll probably change once the baby gets here, but I, I've never seen one in in a store. And oh, I finally said there, something. Though. Yeah, I finally said something like I was talking to a staffer about something else, and I was like, oh, unrelated. I was like, I always say if I see a PS5 or I'm going to get one in here and I, there's literally never ones. And he was like, yeah, you won't. He said what you said. He was like, you're not going to you're not going to get one in store. He was like the few that we ever get were so back ordered on like pickup. So I guess they just notify you when they get one in store and then like you're in a line and then you just get it. You go to the store and pick it up. He was like, he was like, maybe every blue moon there'd be like one, but even then it'd get picked up in five minutes. So you just have to get super lucky. But um, yeah, he said that I was, he said I could get like on a wait list or something, but I'm not as eager to do that. I don't know. I feel like I just need to be in the moment and get it, but it sounds like I can just have one of yours. How nice of you. Yeah. You know, the, the markup gets a little crazy though, TJ. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know how bad you want one of these suckers, but yeah, they're, they're definitely not easy to procure a PS5 Xbox even. And I find that hilarious too, because God, I feel like they've been out for like two years. Everything now, TJ is just exclusivity sneakers, um consoles everyone wants what they can't have so these manufacturers in my opinion just um you know try to keep the numbers low to uh, keep demand high it's smart business model well that's the that's interesting that that you say that because it's almost like do you are you say you're like saying the same stuff this employee at at target said and i i had bought a laptop because i'm just solidifying the home office for when the baby comes because i'll probably be working from home uh, a little bit more, which will be nice. But I was talking over laptops with this person, and I don't know anything about anything. But um, I was like, I'm just surprised these are so cheap compared to like I'm used to buying apples. I've always bought Apple laptops, but this one for work, Apple actually isn't the best for it. So I was looking at some other ones. I was like, I'm surprised at the price by them. And he was like, Well, the the thing with Apple is people are just willing to pay more so they can make their prices more. He was like. You know, some computers like these are better. Some are probably worse. It's just kind of more dependent on what you're looking to do. But like, this is like the normal price for a laptop. But so many people want Apple products. It's just they can charge a lot more for it. And he was like, and plus they go a lot faster. So there is a exclusivity part to it, um, which is weird to me. Because on the flip side, if I was like PlayStation, I'd say we need to make a bajillion of these and have them on every corner. Like, let's if people want to pay this much money from a gaming console let's make sure they have the opportunity to pay this much money for a gaming console let's not let them even think twice about it but instead they go with the ooh are you going to be able to get one yeah it's going to be tough to get on board like maybe they're not going to be available you're going to have to wait a while which is just a weird business approach in my opinion you think they just like mass produce bajillions of them yeah i'm gonna go out on a limb and say that the uh the marketers and the in the the powers that be at sony probably know a little bit more than us about it so i think that they they have their their mold and they're following it but 
I guess it's just maybe a way for them to to sell a lot of them over a long period of time instead of a ton at first. But I'm sure they know what they're doing. But damn, at this point, I feel like a, a PS6 should be on the horizon. It seems I don't know. It feels like years this thing's been out. I don't play them. I don't know much about them. Um, I, I've, I've definitely always been a very um, casual video game player. I do like playing them. But I'm the type two cheese. I'm only going to play video games if like um, if typically if I'm playing against someone. Like if you're over the house, let's bust them out. But I'm not. Very rarely am I going to be playing by myself. Um, one exception being over the last few years, that Red Dead Redemption game is quite fun. That's like Grand Theft Auto of the Wild West. I got pretty deep into that for a couple weeks. That was fun. I'd love to. I'd love to play that. Have not never played it ever before in my life. But everybody said pretty good things. Also, I like that you said you had some, and I, you know trying to get a special deal and you're you say i'm going to teach you a lesson about supply and demand but yeah. all yeah. right that's the way that works you might get a little care anybody might get a little krc discount but I, I don't know about too much but hey i will say this though tj i meant to mention this earlier who if whoever leaves the best review on the podcast so at a sea of blue on however you get your podcast whoever leaves the best review um i'll send you something cool wow something yep. cool yeah it's probably going to be like basketball cards to be honest but I think most people find those cool. I'll send you some nice Kentucky guy rookie cards. Um, I don't know. I'll find something cool to send you. That, that sounds that's anything. People, I, I'm gonna. I'll be writing a review. I want. I want to be entered into this contest. One more quick thing about video games. One reason I think I also stopped playing. They're starting to get like too obnoxious with how realistic they were. Like FIFA being able to like you know just do some of the weird stuff with passes. Like I, I just wanted the the. I, I hit Y or whatever button it was, and it goes, it go, it's like the it's the long pass ball. Or I hit X and it's like the direct pass ball. I don't I don't need I don't need all the all the thrills. Just give me the the basics. It was getting a little too a little too ridiculous. That's part of the reason also I stopped. A uh, Texter says, Legend of Bagger Vance is the all-time golf movie. Don't at me. I mean, obviously it's not better than Happy Gilmore. I've never seen it, but that has to, that has to be a huge joke, right? That, that movie is can't it's be a good, good. It is a good, no, it's a good movie. It really is. A good, I, I do like the movie and I do think it's probably underrated, but it is not better than Caddyshack or Happy Gilmore. I uh, said that um, the other day, TJ, I put on Twitter and I, I'm just like tripling down on this. I think that guys, millennials, I'll just say millennial guys within a day have to use greater than two happy Gilmore references and at this point in your life you don't even realize you're doing it yeah seriously it becomes so 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 commonplace that's that's the absolute truth a texter says tj did you ever work part-time for Lou city at one point i remember a major promoter for them on twitter back in the day i don't know if he meant to say they remember me being a major promoter right i was i did because I was the play-by-play guy. I'm sure you, I don't know if you're being sarcastic or not by asking that. But I went to my first men's game of the season on Saturday. Uh, great crowd. I think they had over 10,000, which was always a big deal back at the soccer. I thought you disparaged the crowd, TJ. Didn't I see you disparaging the crowd, or was that someone else? No, 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 no. You're. I took a picture, and the section I took a picture of was lightly attended, but that was the standing room only section. So people were obviously not going to stand when they had a chance to get a good seat. So and, you Jerry Tipton did. It was actually a good crowd, and you made it appear like it wasn't. No, I was. I was. I there's. I joke with my friends that like <laughs> Louisville City has the whiniest fan base, and I'm part of it now. I'm part of the whiniest fan oh, base because okay. I was whining about their championship banner. It's horrible. It's. It's like a. It's. It's common. If I was like an opposing fan or an outsider, I'd be like, that's a joke. They won a championship and that's what they get. It's like this tiny, small little banner. It's not even as big as the banner at Rupp Arena. 
and there's only one of them, and they have two stars on them. Like, first off, can the can the individual teams not get their own banners for winning championships? And secondly, make them huge. Like, make them comically big more than you're going to make it, like, tiny where it gets caught up in the wind. So I was just saying they need to do a better job with the banners. I wasn't talking about the crowd. The crowd was good. It wasn't, like, a capacity, shoulder-to-shoulder crowd, but it was really loud, and it was, you know, over 10,000 people. It's pretty good on a Saturday night. Bats were in town. There was a million other things going on. Yeah, I need to go. I've only been to one game. I haven't been to the new stadium, and I drive by all the time. I don't. Uh, the new far. stadium's awesome. Yeah, it looks. You got to get they did, there. They did an awesome job, and I'm by far not a um a big big soccer fan, but I'm embracing it. I know my my father, and my brother have really gotten into it, so it's an awesome sport to see live. It's very similar to uh, like hockey with me. I love watching watching it live. Yeah, and if you go to that stadium, sit on the opposite side of the press box. And even if you don't like soccer, you just like have we we're lucky with nice weather on Saturday night. But you just are like you just are sitting outside for a few hours with your friends and you have a view of downtown and the bridges and the sunset. It's cool. You know, it's cool. Even if you don't, I, I think you could enjoy it, even if you're not a big soccer guy. Yeah, I'm going to go check some games out for sure, man. We're we're um, we're soccer town now. Soccer town, USA, baby. Yep, Racing gets a 1-1 draw yesterday. Blue City got got the win on Saturday night. They're dominant. This may be their best team ever, which is saying something because they've had some good ones. Let's take our last break here, and then we'll come back, and we got to keep trucking through, Big Blue Drew. We've, we've been mucking it up with, uh, with video game talk, so we need to... We need to get back to business on this text line. We'll do that when we return. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big Exports Radio, 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. TJ Walker, Big Blue Drew, and Douglas, the producer. We'll be back after this. are in Vancouver. Is that British Columbia? Well, Pam, there's really only a few things you need to know about Canada. There's Newfoundland and Labrador, Saskatchewan, Ontario, Quebec, Alberta, Manitoba, New Brunswick, and Nova Scotia. Prince Edward Island's very small, but British Columbia tops them all. And that's where Vancouver is. But before I finish up my story, you should know the territories. There are only three, so I'll be quick. The Yukon, Northwest, and Nunavut. If you want to have a ball to Saskatoon and Montreal, and if you want to pack your sacks, we'll be going off to Halifax. And if you're looking for a wife, be sure to visit Yellowknife. Natural resources! Perennial geraniums, nickel zinc uranium, are filling up my cranium, the exports that they boast. Keep going? No, no. please. We're good. Thank Angry. you. Welcome back. Kentucky Roll Call here on Big Exports Radio, 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. A couple pieces of, of news breaking during the, during, the, during the break there. UofL announces the addition of Mason Faulkner, who that's a, that's a good addition for the Cardinals. Big Blue Drew, are you familiar with Mason Faulkner? Very little. I know that I saw that um, he had enrolled in school last week, so this appears not to be a huge... Um, surprise but don't know a ton about him from Kentucky yeah he's a Kentucky kid uh, he's he's a good he's a nice little player he he was uh, 
the the star guard for Western Carolina. And then he actually committed to do a transfer year at Colorado, went out to Boulder and was there. And then I kind of think realized that UofL needed somebody, David Johnson, Carly Jones, both left and they didn't get Marcus Carr. So I think UofL's there's some feelers put out one way or another. It's a nice addition for UofL. I think UofL before we, U of L fans with their backcourt remind probably me of UK's quarterback position back in like April, back before Will Levis got to campus. And I was thinking like, I don't know who it's going to be big blue drew, but between the three of them, one of them has to step up. The coaches have to be confident and like one of them, like somebody's got to be able to do the job here. U of L has got like four backcourt players now, like guard position players. I think U of L fans are probably thinking, all right, I don't know who it's going to be, but between like two of them, two of them have to step up and be good players or be able to do good things or whatnot. So we'll see who it is. Mason Faulkner, I think, will be a, a solid player for them. I think if any UL fan thinks he's going to be a Carly Jones, they're going to be a little disappointed. But their backcourt, I think, has a little bit more stability now. So it's a good move for UL this late in the game. Yeah, and you mentioned too, TJ, kind of correlating it back to Kentucky football. And I was going to say this earlier, talking about um, Will Levis being named. And I was catching a little bit of heat uh, several, probably a couple of months ago when a lot of the, um, like, went over under, the first betting lines were coming out, like, over under wins for Kentucky. And I know a lot of them were really low for Kentucky, like six and a half and stuff like that. And I was just playing devil's advocate by saying, you know, it's really easy to say, like, or it's tough for me to say that a team from the SEC like are definitely going to win seven, eight games when we had no idea who the quarterback was going to be. It was hard for me just to be like, oh, it'll be one of them. It'll be one of them. Well, especially with the history of Kentucky football over the past few seasons, just to automatically think that we'll have this serviceable quarterback. I wasn't buying in. So for that to happen this early was another big thing for me to know now that it wasn't just like we picked one of those three, but that one really stepped up and earned it. Um, I was waiting for that and we got it. Yes, yeah. Uh, we talked a lot about the quarterback, Will Levis, and Joey Gatewood in hour number one. So go back and listen to the podcast. And we may get more of that here on the text line, 502-414-1450. Uh, also, Roush isn't on the show today, but I'll, I'll give him a, a shout-out and say that KSR has kind of rebranded their website now that they're with On3 Sports, and it's pretty good. It's, it's, uh, I'll, I'll give them a tip of the cap. It, is much much uh, much more efficient than it was previously. So congrats to them on that and Nick Roush and Adam Luckett and the whole crew over there. All right, let's get back to the text line, 502-414-1450. A texter says, do you guys think that Deshaun Watson will get charged of sexual assault and serve some time? I feel like this oh. incident is getting way too pushed under the rug. Sounds like the dude was the biggest creep and the farthest from smooth when it came to the females, says one texter. Wow. Direct question. I don't know if I will. I don't know. I have no idea what will yeah. happen there, but definitely where there's a, there, there appears to be a, a lot of allegations. I don't remember the number that it got up to, but I know it was there like was 22, 22 so, or something like that. I, I don't, I don't remember. Yeah. I remember the direct number either, but I, I have no idea because I haven't really followed along with it, but I do think that getting charged, like serving time is not off the table, but, um, they're they're gonna they're, they'll sort out the facts and and go from there. But I've not been keeping up with it. A texter says, or sorry, you got something to add? No, I don't. Go ahead. Okay. Just watch highlights from the Citrus Bowl win, and you forget just how talented that Penn State team was. We beat with Miles Sanders, Micah Parsons, KJ Hamler, Pat for Farumu 
all early picks. Yep. That was a good team. And, and people forget, I, I've talked to some Kentucky fans that have brought this up, that they, like, they pointed to why they're not all in on Mark Stoops. No joke. Like, this is two or three different people that have brought this up that have said, yeah, I like, uh, you know, I like them, but I just always think back to that Penn State game where we were killing them and should have blown them out and we took our foot off the gas and nearly lost the game. And it and it did kind of sum up some of, like, Mark Stoops' offensive hesitancy, if you will, but it was a first-year starter and Terry Wilson at quarterback and Stoops just generally – if, if he doesn't trust his quarterbacks, he's going to be ultra conservative. That's why I think you can kind of draw some parallels to all the things he's saying about Will Levis. He said nice things about quarterbacks in the past. You wouldn't expect him to do anything different. But he had three more weeks to kind of sit on this bad boy, and he came out just glowing about his quarterback. And this is also, what, six days after the fact that he – Roush talked about this big blue drew that I think it was like an offensive day. They were going to get the, they were going to get Liam Cohen and some of the offensive players. And then Stoops came on and Roush tweeted out. He was like, "Uh Oh, expect bad news. Cause if Stoops is coming out here, it must, he, he's he, right. He's not, he's not scheduled to talk. So something's up. Mm-hmm. And Stoops came out and was just like, Hey, I just really like my team. I, I wanted to talk about them. It's like, Whoa. All right. You get that. And then you get the fact that they, they name Will Levis the starter early that maybe Mark Stoops is actually going to let trust this dude to make some throws and knowing that he can just throw a 65 yard bomb. Maybe that also plays a role in it too, but I think Stoops likes his guys. So hopefully it's going to be a little different. He won't be conservative Stoops like we've seen in the past. A uh, quick question for you, TJ, how much, um, I guess, uh, like how much leniency are you giving this offense? Now, if we get into week three, week four, I mean, do you, does it have to look totally transformed? Are you um, as a fan going to give, Liam Cohen and stuff a little bit of time to get this rolling or do you want to see I mean you got to want some immediate improvement right yeah well I, I I've I've been pretty adamant about like I'm okay with Kentucky rushing the ball every freaking time if they win the game like I just want Kentucky to win I don't get too caught up in the oohs and the ahs or whatnot but I, I if if you lose to Missouri, I'm instantly going to kind of be skeptical. Just to just to be frank, like if you lose to Missouri, I the I no to answer your question, just because with the way this season has been marketed and rightfully so, like this should be a big season for Kentucky. I'm not going to be patient because you don't really we, we'd be squandering too much talent to be patient. So no, if things and that's not to say like if Will Levis loses to Missouri, he can't be the starter. I need to see how things are shaking out and how players are looking and what's working and what's not working. But no, no, no time to be patient. Yeah, and I think specifically when you you know call attention to the fact that they were the worst passing offense in the world, so there's nowhere to go but up. So you have to show some immediate improvement. And I just really hope I keep harping on it, but I just really hope it's within those first few games because then I think you put a lot of that last year and the year before baggage behind you and you just totally look forward and then I think it'll allow him the opportunity to play through some some mistakes but you know he's not gonna playing through mistakes in the first and second quarter of that first game is going to be tough so let's 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 throttle these first two games and then kind of work out the kinks that's my goal I've been saying it really since the end of last season or since the schedule came out I should say that Missouri game is going to be huge Mm -hmm. That, that Missouri game is you lose that one, and then the schedule looks a lot tougher. It's like, well, if we can't beat Missouri at home, yeah, we should beat South Carolina, but that's on the road. And uh, 
Uh, now I don't feel so. It's a big one. It, it, like the offense needs to not be hitting on all cylinders, but it needs to be it needs to be good enough to to be better than they were last year against Missouri because that was a joke. That was one of the that was one of the most hard to watch offensive games I've ever had in my football watching career. A texter says, "I know it's preseason, but anyone see AJ Rose put up 100 yards in Week One? Any chance he makes this team?" For the record, this was before the KSR article came up, so I don't want to hear it. Nick, suck it. Well, luckily Nick's not here today, but congrats to AJ Rose. We'll be all rooting for him to make the team. The next texter says, "Joey Gatewood is the soat." Softest of all time. <laughs> a lot of people, I see a lot of people getting on him for transferring TJ, but I don't, I don't really fault him necessarily for it. And I, I'm not going to fault his uh, mental weakness for wanting to leave. Uh, if, you know, if he, if he doesn't think he's going to play, you know, if it's not the best spot, he needs to leave. Yeah. People in these situations ultimately have to do what's best for him. I just don't think I would. I just don't – I don't – I wouldn't understand how it would be the best decision for him unless he's okay going JUCO or FCS. And if, and, and if he is okay doing that, then by all means, he's got to do what's best for him. But just to go sit out somewhere at another college wouldn't seem to really make sense unless he could potentially get a waiver. But I don't know how he'd do that. A texter says, I prefer to win a cornhole tournament than a golf scramble. Whoever wins a scramble is always accused of cheating, so no one really knows if your score is legitimate or not. But since the cornhole boards are close together, people can see every toss and every point that's scored. I've never heard anyone questioning the score accused of cheating in a cornhole tournament. Oh, people forget scores all the time in cornhole tournaments because they're drinking and whatnot. But your overall sentiment is right, and people always instantly do see who wins a golf scramble to see, like, ah, do I trust that score or not? We finished 15 under, which was under my 16 mark, and uh, we we had every opportunity to be 16 under, but we had fun. We I, I was happy with how we played. Um, I was happy with how I played too. But obviously, we had two aces that were a lot better than I was, and and they played they played well, and it was a good time. The winners were 17 under, so we were two mm. off from from winning. I think we finished second or third, but. Uh, yeah, 17 under was the winner, which is the lowest score I think to ever win. But I think they are like they're starting to do cash prizes for winning and whatnot. So I think more people are trying to be honest. And maybe that's why the lower scores were across the board. But yep, uh, lost by two. It was a good time, though. Well, do better, TJ. No kidding. Texter says, hey, guys, it's been too long, but been swamped with work and building this darn house. I know if Noah had similar issues with the arc, really pumped about the early decision of the starting quarterback. I'm making my pilgrimage to go back to Kentucky for my Vikings opener in Cincy and grabbing tickets for the Missouri on Saturday night. Go Cats and Roush. Maybe next time you come to Alabama, visit the state's newest, largest city. Keep up with the good work, gents. That's Rocket City Rob. Good to hear from you, Rocket City Rob. And that's yeah. going to be a fun weekend for it you. It does. Yeah, that sounds like an awesome weekend. Yeah, you got to come say hey to us at uh, the Gate Three Tailgate, Rocket City Rob. We'll we'll be there, and and that's going to be a that's going to be a fun evening. A texter says Gatewood just must have not been very good. Seems like this competition wasn't even close. Agreed. Yeah, uh, agreed. And that's kind of what makes you a little bit worried because it's like, well, was Levis really, really good or did these other guys just not have it? But those things aren't mutually exclusive anyways. They could be a little bit of both. What Levis was good, but the other guys just weren't, weren't where they needed to be for this to be all that competitive. But I agree with you, Texter. Yeah, I think Kentucky fans might want to kind of rethink their stance here. We should be thinking that Joey Gatewood's a, a terrific quarterback. Will Levis is just that much better. And that's how uh, Mark Stoops presented it, which I know he's going to kind of have to do that. But I think that there could definitely be some validity to that, that it wasn't um, – I think it's easy to 
feels like some people, TJ, are maybe looking at like um, Joey lost the job and not Will won it. And, and from Mark Stoops' comments, it's, it just sounded like he was just head over heels the best. And we don't know, you know, what starting point that was from Joey Gaywood, if that makes sense. No, it makes total sense. Another texter says, so Roush, since you tweeted out that Will Levis is one of the most efficient passers in college football, does that mean he will be the best QB in the SEC this year? I know you like that take. Wow. Shots fired directly at Roush. Unfortunately, he's not here. I'll take another shot at Roush. He, when he tweeted that you, it's not a surprise, you saw, everybody saw it coming that Joey Gatewood was transferring. Roush, you do a two-hour radio show every single day, and you never once said that Joey Gatewood was undoubtedly transferring. So, suck it, buddy. Yeah, just what, are you holding that stuff out, or are you just making it up as you go, Roush? Get it together. Yeah, get it together, Roush. One of the two. It's got to be one of the two, right? Yeah, pet peeve of mine is when journalists are like, no surprise here. It's like, then why didn't you, why didn't you tweet that out like before? Like, if it's – I didn't know that you didn't think that there was a surprise. Uh, like it's it's so Ralph saying that goober texter says big and I and that, I'm not saying that it is a surprise Joey Gatewood was transferring but it's not like Roush was hitting that home every single day texter says big blue Drew would you give TJ absolute cups in basketball ooh good question uh TJ's a good defender I always say the thing about TJ's he's a willing defender you don't you don't find many willing defenders in pickup basketball. Um, but I'm tall, so I mean, I would hope so. I'm always in that bad spot, TJ, too. And correct me if I'm wrong, where like if I play well, they'll be like, Oh, if I was six five, I'd dunk every time. So sometimes I'm kind of in, um, so like you know, you're, you're considerably shorter than me, so I feel like it would be a kind of a lose lose for me playing against you because if I win, I should win, and if I lose, I've guarded, win. I've guarded you before in those Saturday morning leagues, whenever it kind of gets down to like the nitty gritty. I've switched over onto well, you. What did I give you buckets or what, TJ? What's the you answer? Well, the he, here's here's <laughs> the truth. Is actually in those instances, I did I did really well against you. I don't think you scored. Oh, I think wow. the only time you scored late was wow. on a jumper where I got switched over off you. Oh. But my issue is, and I'll fully admit it, is I probably do foul you every single time because <laughs> because you are so much bigger that it's like you're gonna get where you want, but I'm also not gonna like. You know, you're not, you're going to have to kind of work for it when I'm guarding you. So, sure. but it, it equals out to probably me just fouling you. So, yeah, it's, not, it's not really fun in those instances, but it's also like I can't give up an easy bucket, but I'm also not going to just try to like rip your arms off. So, it's kind of this like middle ground of trying to defend hard, but also knows that I probably am. Like, if a referee was there, he'd be doing the little block thing or something. That's another thing. And it, honestly, why I don't play a, a ton of basketball anymore as I get older? Because that, that's – especially late game, you brought that up. They're like, Big Blue Drew, get down there in the post. Big dog, get down in the post. And I'm like, you know, I don't know about you guys, but just getting banged in my back and just, like, bruised the entire Saturday is not the most enjoyable. And My wife knows the only time I get upset is when I play against someone and they, like, wrap me up before I make a move, you know, just, like, give me yes. the foul. I hate that. You can foul me as hard as you want. Break my nose, but no. don't wrap me up before, you know, I make a play and just check the ball back up. Hate that. I, I agree. That's the worst. I've, I never do that. And then another one is just, like, transition of a similar mold but like transition wrap-up fouls where yeah. it's like it's a pickup game you we're we, we're just taking two points here like yeah you fouled me but we were scoring that was dumb that was cheap you weren't really making a play on the ball 
I hate those as well. A texter says, TJ, I totally agree with you about how pathetic the banner looked at Lynn Stadium. Literally looked like a piece of wide-ruled, loose-leaf paper hanging from the rafters. Absolutely a poor effort on their part. Yeah, I agree. It's horrible. Louisville City doesn't really take any half measures, so it's kind of shocking that like that's their championship banner. It's just that little... I mean, it really does just look like a piece of paper blowing in the wind. Uh, but Texter says, Big Blue Drew, how are the lunches at Moore? Um, I'm a big school lunch proponent guy. I know that um, I would memorize. We had You you kind of have a, like a little living document of school lunch numbers. If somebody wasn't there, they weren't at lunch, we tap in, go ahead and get their lunch too. So um, one sidebar I'll say on school lunches, I never could drink chocolate milk with school lunch. And any of you savages that did, I just – I couldn't vibe with you. I never – Never understood how you could eat pizza and chocolate milk, but I was a big school lunch guy, big big proponent of it. Yeah, I, I also was a big fan of my school lunches. All right, Big Blue Drew, we're over to the next one. Uh, we're over to the text messages and the thread that you're on. So do you want to take this first one? Sure. John here. Good morning, doll. Hey, I did not do that great at golf. I had a few swings, but I did learn that golf is more about technique and less about athletic ability. I've seen so many people that look like they cannot do five sit-ups, but could throw back a lot of donuts, and we're playing darn good. Let's get Levis. I cannot wait for opening day. Cats by 90. Well, got to go. Talk to you later. That's true about golf. Is it, 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 you, you could have the, the biggest muscles on the course, and you could be the worst golfer there. You get some people that, that don't look like they're a big fan of uh, physical activity, and they could be the best golfers in the group. So, John, you're spot on about that. Um, I'm excited about Levis as well. I'm more excited that Big Blue Drew in your opening text, you skipped one. Congrats, buddy. Uh, did I? Oh, okay. Well, I had I had, I had put a funny and appropriate comment in between, so I missed that one. <laughs> uh, let me do this one too. Good morning, guys. I'm sure this won't be an original take during today, but if I'm Joey Gatewood, then what are the benefits of leaving now if he's going to have to sit for another year anyways? Like TJ said, it seems more – Likely than not, that Levis will be injured or banged up this year, which could be a great opportunity for Gatewood. And lastly, what if Levis can't perform in a big game and he poops in the bed? Needless to say, Gatewood leaving has me concerned. Talk me off the ledge, guys. Let me play devil's advocate because you've said that too, TJ. My thought process would be, let's say that he does think that he's a power five quarterback. He, you know, I'm sure he's a four-star guy. He's been around the block. He has these ties. Another power five program is saying, hey, man, we, we, we want you here next year. Why don't you come in now? And I mean, you're going to be 12 months ahead as if you wait. So if he knows he's not going to be here at Kentucky, I guess, why why stay would be my question. Yeah, be, just because, you know, I, I, he's not going to be able to play. And if he wants to play, his best opportunity would be rolling the dice that Levis could potentially get injured. I guess that would be the answer to that question. But I get what you're saying. And Maybe maybe during that conversation with Stoops, Stoops said he handled it well as professional conversation. Maybe Stoops were just like, listen, I, 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 you know, we don't even know if you're ahead of Bo. So, like, right. this was a no-brainer with Will. We don't know if you're second. And if you needed to look out what's best for you, that's fine. And, and if Gatewood doesn't think he's second, then, then there really would be no point in staying. At which point we, would we really worry? If we knew definitively that Bo Allen was better than Joey Gatewood, let's just say that as, like, a matter of – fact would we care that joey gatewood was leaving the answer would be probably not you'd you'd like him to stay but if we knew that for sure um now from a depth standpoint i'd still rather have a third joey gatewood than have to go go to nick scalzo 
but you're probably in trouble at that point anyways. And ideally, you don't have two quarterbacks go down. Not impossible, but let's hope it doesn't happen. All right, we need to keep ripping through these, running out of time. Big Blue Drew, between Moore, Doss, Iroquois, what school usually won it most years in your district? I'm currently a coach at Highlands Latin, and we played more over the summer, and their athleticism absolutely derailed us. Granted, we competed, but the game wasn't all that close. Were you the type to just go get the ball and everybody clear out, or were you to try to spot up behind the perimeter, or was it straight cush butter from three, or were you both? A lot there, Big Blue Drew. Try to answer it quickly if you can. I was definitively none of those things. I was not a clear-out guy. I was not a big ball handler in high school. I was a 6'5 center. So I was more like a, my biggest ability as a basketball player is to miss my own shot and then get it again. I was a big second uh, jumper. And uh, to answer the first part of your question, I was in the district with like J-Town and Fern Creek. They were really good in the mid-2000s. So uh, we never won it. J-Town, Fern Creek always won my district. And um, – now I get to talk about it as an old man. Gosh, that's, that's a brutal district. Oh, dude, the seventh I, the seventh region in the like early to mid-2000s was absolutely ridiculous. My freshman year, I think we were ranked like 17th in the state, and we were like 8th or ninth in the district. Michael Bush and Mayo, Trinity, Ballard was really good. J-Town had Dominic Tilford, Mr. Basketball. Fern Creek had Mario Garudia, who slammed on me many times so um it was it was brutal like it was absolutely impossible to win the seventh region back in the day yeah it was gosh that that sounds that sounds ridiculous a texter says levis has swag but tj walker the sports talker drips swagoo swagoo that's, that's very nice of you to say um you can get this next one big blue drew you've got to scroll down a little bit okay i almost almost read the uh behind the scenes takes of krc there all right just tuned into the show can you guys ask big blue dingus to invest in a better microphone <laughs> i think i think i caught that episode so hopefully i get the inside joke and my microphone sounds okay yeah it, it just don't people don't worry about the haters and losers about microphone talk i was already pumped about this year's football season but adding the fact we may have a respectable qb watch out seems levis is the truth to have Stoops already name him the starter? Yeah, it's unlike Stoops to do this. So let's just let's hope that's confidence in Levis. And uh, he was throwing those 65-yard bombs, and we see a lot of them at Kroger Fields on Saturdays this fall. Somebody says, "Suck it, Mick Rutherford." Suck it, Mick Rutherford. We need we need more info about your PS3 being stolen. Um, we well, we don't have time. Remind me tomorrow to tell that story. Texter says, wait, did Big Blue Drew just admit that he's being one of those jerks that resells PS5s on the secondary market? If so, suck it, buddy. If not, keep on keeping on. No, I'm keep on keeping on. I'm not, I'm not, a, uh, I'm not a jerk bulk reseller. Okay, so why do you have so many of them then? I didn't say so many. I have a, I have a couple. I mean, you, you, if the gentleman at Target would have said they had a PlayStation 5, TJ, were you just going to pass it up or were you probably going to get it? Somebody wants this, right? No, I, I said I was going to get it. I've been waiting to have one in store, absolutely, but I'd be getting it for myself to play, not to not to make a quick buck. Uh, well, I guess, I guess we differ in that opinion. <laughs> <laughs> there is an issue getting the chips for the game console. Yeah, I've heard that. The same problem it, causing delays in the auto industry. I don't well, know if like, I buy it, though. Like, don't have delays in that, though. You know, just do the other. Like, don't, don't let that happen. Yeah, build them quick. Make more of them. Exactly. It's that easy. Uh, let you, let you tell, oh, well, this last one's an office reference. I'm not sure if you'll get it or not. Joey's arm, Joey's arm was good, but Will's were bigger. <laughs> it's a good office quote uh, regarding Jan Levinson 
no longer gold. All right, uh, Big Blue Drew, anything we didn't get to today? I don't think so. I had an enjoyable time. It always amazes me how fast this goes. Um, every now and then, people will tell me they hear me on KRC. It means the world to me. So thank you. I really do appreciate it. And um, be- best morning talk show. I genuinely believe you guys do do a bang up job every morning. So appreciate any time I can come on. It's always good stuff. And uh, suck it, Nick Roush. Suck it, Nick Roush. That's well said. Perfect way to go off. Thank you for you taking the time and joining us this morning. Always provide great insight. Uh, some would say better than just the KRC original. So I know the folks love it when you come on and join us. And make sure you're subscribing to the Kentucky Dad podcast. He tweeted out an article that features a picture of me. Flattering, maybe not so much, but the, the 460 podcast. words, baby. That stuff is just it's just littered with great content. So um, check it out. Read it, watch it, listen to it, all of it. That's what it's all about. All right, Big Blue Drew, that was a lot of fun. Thanks to Douglas, the producer, back in the studio. We'll be back tomorrow, 7 a.m., on Big Exports Radio, this is Kentucky Roll Call. TJ Walker, oh, Big Blue Drew, Douglas oh. the producer. We will see you on Tuesday.